When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match! Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket, a podcast with a difference this week, a long listen for you, because last week we had Monty Panassar, the Seek of Tweak, the Bearded Wonder, England's finest left-arm spinner since Derek Underwood as our guest in the Virtual Cricket Club. And he talked about all sorts of things. He talked about, uh, obviously, his career, his appearance on Celebrity Masterchef and how he couldn't cook an omelette for nuts. Uh, He also talked, interestingly, about playing in India and how often the net surfaces are totally different to what you might encounter in the middle during a test series. And he suspects that might have happened in Ahmedabad, where the net surfaces were doing plenty for the seam bowlers and the pink ball was swinging as well. But, of course, the surface in the middle was of a completely different soil and obviously behaved totally differently as well. He talks about Sachin Tendulkar, his sort of bunny, and the things Tendulkar said to him after being dismissed by him. His is a fascinating story, actually, and he's still trying to play. In fact, he's playing in India this week in a T20, a special T20 tournament with the likes of Kevin Peterson and other former greats. So that's Monty Panasar coming up in a sec. And just to tell you that this week's guest is Marcus Truscothic in the Virtual Cricket Club. The man who is total Somerset from the follicles on his head to the soles of his feet. And it sounds as if he might become England's batting coach. Well, he's got plenty of work to do, hasn't he? Anyway, he's the guest in the Virtual Cricket Club this Thursday, 7pm. It's, of course, in aid of the Professional Cricketers Trust, which is a really important charity supporting players who've fallen on hard times, and there are many of them at the moment. And, in fact, Marcus is a patron of the charity. So he's a really key guest, and he totally understands the concept. So he's our guest this Thursday, 7pm. You can join us by going to worldsbestcricketclub.com, worldsbestcricketclub.com, and you can ask direct questions on screen. So please join us Thursday night... Meantime, here is the full Monty. Monty, um, are you a are you a, a fan of Simon Mann likes his karate and his 
Um, what is that other thing he does? Uh, some kind of tai chi. I don't tai chi. Are you a, are you a fan of that, Monty? Um, I actually did a bit of tai chi back in South Africa in two thousand and nine when I went to Joburg to play for Joburg, and uh, um, it, it kind of like people do it in the morning. They have very slow movements. Um, it, to be honest, it just didn't really tick my boat. And I did a couple of sessions, and it just wasn't me, Tai Chi. Uh, I'm more of a yoga person, you know. Everyone has like a, uh, a, you know, a relaxing activity that they can do, just like a mindful activity, as we call it. Um, you know, that that's obviously it's a very fashionable now, isn't it, to do a mindfulness activity? <laughs> um, so, and that's I'm your, sure. your yoga's yours, is it? Yeah, yoga's very much mine. So. Uh, um, and I find yoga just relaxing, you know, the, the, just, you know, keeping my body nice and flexible. I think it, it helps with me. Well, welcome to, to our club, as I said before, and also welcome to everybody else who's here tonight. Uh, I'm sorry if there's a few glum faces or should I say, I'm sorry, you've got glum faces. Uh, we're all feeling a bit low after that uh, dismal performance by England. I, I actually, I just feel, I feel slightly depressed because you know, so much build-up, lovely series, poise, two games to go, new stadium, sighting, you know, got a couple of players returning to the team like Bearstone and stuff. And it's just fallen totally flat. And that was rubbish, really. So it's disappointing. Monty, did you watch it? And, and what did you think of it, if you did? Yeah, look, I, I, I just think, I know it's easy to say that, but they were just missing straight balls. And you kind of think, how are they missing, you know, straight balls, which are not turning big? But it's actually intelligent bowling from the Indian spinners. Like we saw, uh, I remember, <laughs> I saw you uh, on, your, on your Twitter feeds giving us, after nine overs, this, this footholds. <laughs> and it gave us a bit of a chuckle when I was out with my friends this morning. Did and you? then, and then <laughs> yeah, and then I quite like the way you give the picture foot marks and the lines, because... Same length that was with Zach Crawley turn, and the other one just went on with the arms. So you can see how difficult it is. You know, it's it's not easy, but um, I guess they, we just don't play very well in spinning conditions. So you, you'd rather have bowled on that pitch than batted on it, basically. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on there. I think it was a toss to bowl. Yeah. Absolutely, really, yeah. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I mean, do you think you would have known? Because I mean, I know you were in Ahmedabad 2012, although you didn't actually play that test match, did you? Do, do you think you can tell? Because I, 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 you, you mentioned that the, the Twitter thing I put out, which was I just saw the run ups after five overs from each end. And there was already those dark patches and a few little mini holes. And I'm thinking after five overs from one end, it's already starting to crumble. It's, this, is, this is turning big. So are you good at reading pitches and would you have known that, that if you'd been there, that it was probably a good pitch to bowl spin on? Well, I think the interesting thing is half the pitches, there's red soil. The other ones are like sort of clay black soil. And I'll be, I, I, I reckon they England team trained under the lights. They didn't train during the day. And I reckon they gave India, <laughs> India gave them pitches, which is of the black soil. And the wicket it itself is a red soil wicket. And I reckon their bowlers are bowling and they're thinking, yeah, it's doing a bit, it's hooping and everything. And they've produced a, a wicket, which is turning track, but the practice wickets that are like seamers. That's fantastic. I reckon is that, that is what they've done. Conspiracy. That, that, that's a fantastic yeah. observation, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's happened to us before. We go to Sri Lanka, go to other places where I think 
the net wickets are no are not the way what they are in the in the test matches. And wrong? actually, if you go to Perth, um, have you have you ever played it? Have you played the Wacker? I can't remember. Yeah, I played the Wacker. I got I think five from my Ashes debut. Because because there, yeah, of course, you, um, Adam Gilchrist got stuck in. You didn't he actually there? But um, well, that, was, uh, that was actually second innings. And he hit that was a second six, innings. Six, yeah, yeah, no, six, I remember. Four, four, and twenty twenty wasn't even even introduced then. But um, well, that can happen to lots of lots of people. That Adam Gilchrist takes you apart. Um, no disgrace there. Uh, I, I I think the Perth net wickets are so fast and bouncy that they almost make you scared to go out into the whacker. So it's good. It's a good like kind of point that you can sway opponents' sort of decision making and even attitude by the net pitches that you provide you, you could easily you could be right they england could, were conned yeah i i think they were apps i think i thought i thought they were conned you know i i could not see joe root make such a like you know complete you know uh, a, a test team that is with three seamers and one spinner on the, on them pitch conditions mm. you know i'll be interested to see what the practice pitches were like because mm. mm. wow. they did say i mean i i heard zach crawley say tonight that you're right. They practiced under lights, and he said the practice pitch is zipped around, nipped around. So they thought, oh, you know, it's going to swing and seam and stuff like that. And then they're playing on a desert. Um, just, just tell me one other thing. I'm not. I'm sure you've got questions. Um, just one thing I'm interested in, Monty. Left arm spin. So Axa Patel today, six wickets, mostly with the straight on delivery, and yeah. he turned a few, of course, and and he bowled well, but. How many of those straight-on deliveries are deliberate, and how many of them are just natural variation? Look, I, I look. I've, I've, I can explain you with the ball over here. So when you bowl normal delivery, this is obviously twelve o'clock. So as a left-arm spinner, probably be eleven o'clock. You know, eleven o'clock going five o'clock, and then that ball then goes like this, and you'll spin that way. Now the squarer that seam goes, so we have this way, and the squarer it goes. We got ten o'clock, four o'clock, probably you know that way. Then that, as that ball lands, it can either hit the, the seam, which will turn probably more like it'll bounce and it'll turn like that rather than more of a bounce turn with overspin. And then if it, if it hits the leather, it will skid on. Now, what we see with the Indian spinners is that they sometimes, with the hand position, they just let, they don't get their fingers over the ball. They just let, they just let, let it run straight. And they actually sometimes purposely do it and other times, I'm sure, you know, natural variation of the pitch um, actually uh, plays a part as well. Mm. And do you, um, when you were a spinner, I mean, I know you still are a spinner, but I mean, when you were playing test cricket, did someone teach you to do that? Did you learn to do it yourself? Did you change your position of the of the ball? I mean, I've got a ball here. You know, did you sort of change the, the grip of the ball a lot? Or? Yeah, look. That's that's a great question. I remember speaking to I remember one to Sachin Tendulkar in Mumbai. So I, I bowled my natural delivery, which was probably 11, 11 o'clock, five o'clock seam, gone there. And when I get a lot of revs on the ball, it actually drifts and goes with with an arc like that. And from that point, middle stump hits top of off, and that's what happened in the first innings. And in 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 the second innings, what I did, I got the seam, got my fingers to go over the seam like this. So then in the air, it's, it's, it's going at the same arm speed, but as it's dropping, it's just going very straight as a trajectory, landing in the same spot. But because it's going at a flatter trajectory like that and the seam rotating, that kind of makes a batsman think, I don't need to come forward as much. And then he kind of st stuck in the crease and it hit him straight at the pads and, and I got him LBW. 
who taught you that or did you just pick it up as you went along yeah that's something you just pick up naturally as you play you know it's like we've seen you know the, jimmy anderson short broad you know the wobble seam where they you know they, they kind of like just let it you know wobble in the air and they don't know what's what it's going to do either it's going to go in or out and it's the same thing with this ball you know it's just a ball which i haven't seen jack leach bowl but cross seam mm. put your fingers over the seam like this and then it's going you know in this direction which is probably, I don't know, let's say nine o'clock, six o'clock, three o'clock, 12 o'clock. So it's going like mm. that. Mm. And then it, it if it hits the seam, it'll go straight. If it hits the leather, um, it, you know, it could just skid on. So you have, it won't turn. It'll, it'll bounce high or bounce low. Hmm. Have you talked to Jack Leach? Do you, have you met him? Have you passed yeah. on anything? Yeah, I remember bowling him uh, at Lords, and he asked me, how, how would you bowl to Steve Smith? And then I, I said to him, you need to get wicket to wicket. Just remember that. Whatever ball you bowl, bowl wicket to wicket. Keep, you know, don't like go, you know, wider. Don't give him any room. You, you're cramping for space. And that's what you need to do. And then he, he will induce the shot. And, and I, think, I think what it is with Jack is that he's found his stock delivery. He's found his rhythm now. And he bowls a lovely sort of, you know, lovely deliveries today that he did. Um, and, and it's, you know, you don't want to, I know what it's like. If you coach too much, say too much, what ends up happening is like, I remember Duncan Fletcher said to me, he goes, it's easier to damage a player than actually make him better. So it's, it's just, once you know his stock delivery is good, and I think what he needs to work on right now is the consistency. If you can get that consistency better, then you can start saying, okay, why don't we now introduce him maybe like a nice arm ball or do this kind of stuff. So I think at the moment, if you can just nail that stock delivery, maybe a bit of variation in pace, um, and maybe try and you know go different positions, I think that's a good starting point because you know you don't want to you want to you want to make sure that their foundation, their stock delivery is really really good. Yeah, and and uh, you know he's he's got the basics, hasn't he? Uh, but he's a lone lone operator really with only one spinner. Um, Norts, what you got any? Any thoughts? Well, um, I, I, I'd like to, one of the, the, the one of the points of today of our of our, our weekly um, our weekly gathering online. Big hello to patrons, old and new. Um, yeah, of course. Um, definitely. It's obviously Monty. The very fact that we wanted you to be part of it is that we're doing it on a Wednesday night, not our usual Thursday night. I thought um, it'd be quite interesting. Perhaps you could tell everybody what is uh, what is the reason. Why we couldn't do it tomorrow? I think it's a, a very good reason. And I was wondering, given the fact, and I will be given a tiny little brief, you are going to India. Perhaps you can divert for the fourth test because it seems to be we need more quality spin in the England bowling attack right now. But yeah, where are you going? Where are you going exactly, Monty? What, what are you yes, doing? I'm, yeah, so I'm I'm going um, on a T20 retired tournament where the likes of England, India, South Africa, Bangladesh, and West Indies will be there, and. Um, from the from the India team, Sachin Tendulkar will be there. Sewag, you know, Yuvraj Singh, Zahir Khan in our team. We'll have KP, um, uh, myself, Jonathan Trot, uh, Brian Sidebottom, Matthew Hoggard. So uh, yeah, we got a we got a really good team. Uh, Phil Mustard uh, will be joining us. Uh, James Treadwell as well. So yeah, we we've got a Chris Tremlett. Yep, he, he'll be coming. Got a lot of bowlers, not not many batsmen. Itself. Well, this exactly this we've done what we've England done today is we'll probably have a team with bowlers and, and it'll probably be a, a turning pitch. <laughs> hey, Chris Tremlett, you'll have to get your four overs out of the way early. You know, people trying to smash you everywhere. Chris yeah. Tremlett, well, he can do a, a weightlifting class or something, can't he? 
Yeah, he'll probably lift me and do some squats and then we can post that up on social media. <laughs> That'd be quite funny. And who, what's it in aid of? And is, it, is, is there a sort of future plan for this? I think they had it last year. I think it's. I think it's. 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 It's, it's, it's for the road safety T Twenty tournament that they have. So it's probably you know more to do with uh, um, you know in, in India where Tanduk is the ambassador for this uh, tournament, um, and I think it's there just to um, you know help with the infrastructure of of uh, of, of India. Well, talking of Tendulkar, um, we've got uh, one of your great moments here. Um, I want to just show you that, and you can. You can tell us about it afterwards. Um, I'm just, I'm just learning what the sound here a minute. Um, so I think this was 2006. No, this this would have been 2012. I think, wouldn't it? So 2012. Yeah. Um, I know you got um, Sachin as your first ever Test wicket. That was 2006, wasn't it? Yeah. But this was perhaps one of your proudest moments. Have a little watch of it, and then you can tell us tell us about it afterwards. It's spun, perhaps the first ball that spun this morning for Panasa. And Tendulkar is walking back, bold once again. So have a look at this. He's trying to play to the onside, I think. Yes, he was. He's trying to play to the onside. Yes, it turned. But maybe if he tried to play it straight towards mid-off, it could have been a whole different ball game. But Monty Panesar, second wicket. So I love the uh, I love the celebration, by the way, Monty. I mean, awesome. And you were famous for your celebrations. We, we missed those. Yes, yes. So uh, um, I, I wish I could make a comeback in county cricket and can do them celebrations again. Um, so tell us know. about the situation. That was the second test, wasn't it? Just after the arm with a bad test, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, that was in Mumbai, where I think Duncan Fletcher kind of got a Ranji Trophy match on, on the pitch four days in advance, and he wanted a turning pitch. And then when we win the toss and looked to bat first, well, actually, we bowled first, and they, they batted first it just turned from day one and and the balls were different then as well because the sg balls that we normally get are slightly softer in the seam and and, and the leather position so when you're turning it even if you turn and get good shape on it you still need the seam to catch and grip you know and and, and go on with pace and only with a harder ball it, you manage to do that so when we got these sg balls they were like nice and hard new batch of balls that they had and and the seam was slightly more pronounced than it normally is with an sg ball so that allowed my ball and the way I bowled, you know, to come up, the, 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 the whole sort of shape on the ball, the turn and everything was, was absolutely perfect on, on during that um, and what, what, tour. Did, did, you, did you meet, did you, was that the time you met Sachin and he asked you about bowling or, or talked to you about bowling? Was that before? No, I, I met him in 2006 when I obviously got him out at Nagpur and it was an LBW and I got the ball signed. It said, once in a blue moon, mate, never again. And then I got him out at Lords, and he goes, "Well, that blue moon comes more often than I thought." <laughs> and then he signed. And then when I got him out twice at Mumbai, I thought, "I, I can't ask him to sign the ball. I think it's a bit, uh, it would be a bit embarrassing for me to do that." He was basically you your bunny, wasn't he? Well, it's, 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 I wouldn't like to say that, but I guess yeah, you're probably right. He was my bunny. Let's have a look. Let's have a look up, actually. Um, Norts, ask him another question a minute. Oh well, like I, one I'd like to, to, to touch on, Simon touched upon it, is your celebration, I, I, and I'd like to say, I think basically Imran Tahir took it and he's kind of, he nicked it, didn't he? And he developed it, just making it a much longer run. But was, <laughs> was that something you always did in all forms of cricket? 
No, I never did that. I did that when I took Tundalka's first wicket. It was as simple as that. Yeah. And I took Tundalka as my first, and that it was a reaction of like sheer surprise. It's like, am I like living a dream here? Is this really happening? I've just got Sachin Tundalka out. You know, he's such a famous, famous cricketer. Um, and then it kind of, I kind of, well, kind of made me famous, didn't it? I, I guess Simon Hughes didn't know who I was, and when he saw that wicket, he thought, "Oh, who is this guy?" Guys, oh, I, I remember that test actually. I mean, I, yeah. I was I was there uh, at Mag, Nagpur on your debut, and yeah, I I just I, I thought actually I remember you getting Sachin out, and I thought, yeah, I, I, I could see it happening. He wasn't sure. Well, I think yeah. you probably hit him on the pads a few times before you even got him out. Yeah. actually. And yeah. I just thought, yeah, he's all over you, but he, he, you're all over him, basically. Right, I'm just looking up here. Um, batsman dismissed. Now, this isn't part of the quiz, in fact. Um, but who do you think you've taken the wickets the most of? Which, but which, who do you reckon you dismissed the most times? Uh, Brendan McCullen. He, I used to always get him. Brendan, Brendan McCullum is correct. Very good. Um, so that's he was first, he's top six out of nine times you played against him. Um, the next one is Ross Taylor, five times, and then you've got two men on four times. One of them is Satin Tendulkar, and the other one is MS Dhoni. Yeah, then, um, West Hampstead, is it you live now? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm there, but I'm also I'm in Luton at the moment. Oh, you're in Luton at the moment. Yeah, right. Luton. Yeah, but yeah, I reside in both places. Oh, right. Okay. And how do you decide where you're going to stay then? Uh, depends on like work and how busy I am. If I once like, I have a lot of obviously you know work in London, and then yeah, then I go back to 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 West Hampstead. T tell us about the Monty Channel. Yeah, so the Monty Channel, um, you know, the, the, it, it was basically um, an Australian guy who worked for like you know Channel Seven, Channel Nine, you know, like 10, 15 years ago, and he, he's based in in England. And um, he just approached me. He goes, "You want? Do you fancy doing some clips?" I've, he, he goes, "I've got a golf channel with Nick Nick Faldo, which is, um, you know, hugely successful." And um, um, so I started to do it and uh, in a way it kind of helped me to engage with fans and just start practicing broadcasting skills. If I had to give an update, you know, during lunch or tea break, I can do it, you know, on the, on there and gradually just, you know, at my own pace, you know, just get better at doing that. And, and, um, then I started doing fitness videos and I started talking about uh, politics campaign. So the channel channel is, a uh, is uh, sports and also uh, politics and entertainment and, um, you know, I, I give strong opinions and I don't hold my hold my opinions back. Um, and do you have a cameraman who follows you around? I mean, I've seen shots of you sort of standing in a street giving your kind of one minute uh, soliloquy or whatever. I mean, how does it yeah, work? Yeah, yeah. So I, I normally during test match days, I maybe have Peter Lamb with me, the co-founder, and we'll go together and uh, we'll, we, we do the updates. We'll get fan engagement. So we work together as a as a team and there's other days where I have to do things myself and, and just get content out there so sometimes it's just so important just to keep producing you know good quality content um and and give my views as a as a media broadcaster of uh, you know of what I think of of, of of what's happening you know during the match have you got um a a, a proudest moment or a most favorite you know piece that you did recently yeah yeah like i thought for me was at the lord's test match when i was there sitting in the fans and i was giving updates oh. and during that time um we 
Joffre Archer bowled a couple of bounces at Stephen Smith. And then um, half an hour later, he came out to bat. And I think that was a turning moment for Stephen Smith where everyone just applauded him and they kind of started to, you know, they loved the moment where they started to sort of love and show affection towards Stephen Smith before I think everyone just obviously hated him. And, and then I, I kind of did a report on that, you know, just after play and where the fans were at Lords and, and he got a huge traction. So um, it was, yeah, that, that was a, you know, that, and that's the great thing about it. When you're in the stadium, there could be some vital moments that are happening or engaging with fans, you know, and that's what I find that, you know, the, the fans like that when I go to cricket matches, they can, you know, they can, they can, you know, talk to me, they can come into my multi-channel videos. And, and that's really important when, when you're able to, be accessible to the fans. Oh, Simon, oh, Simon <coughs> could I? Well, that's actually apropos. So I must ask Monty a vital question about media. Oh, mate, it just popped in. He said that Monty, you don't, you don't know, Simon, you don't know that you and I spoke in 2006, right? Who even knew that, right? I'll tell you what it was. It was the first test of the 2006 2007 Ashes at the Gabba. First day, you weren't playing. But I went along as an English... I lived in Australia then. Went along, went to the Nets to see who was hanging out. And there's all these parochial Australian fans just there. And there was me, this bespectacled English guy, pushed through to the Nets. And you were there bowling into a net by yourself with a bunch of balls, right? Just you, just, just you aiming at... I think it was like one stump. Anyway, as I got there, you were going down the net to collect the balls, yeah? And I went like any English fan does when, you know, Monty Pants, I went, Monty! Monty! And he... You so looked up at me, put your thumb, went, all right, mate. I, that was all cool. That's not really much of a story, but it's cool that we connected. But what I find interesting is as soon as I did that, a man came up to me, right, of Indian origin, and he handed me a business card, right, which said, Monty Panazar, the spinning cobra, right? And I thought, what's, this is, what's going on here, right? And I was thinking, what if I actually called that number? What would I get Monty Panazar for? So it, was, it struck me that even in 2006, which right at the kind of like birth of your international test career, you were thinking about such things, about that media career, because these business cards were printed up and you even had that nickname established. Is that fair? Yes. Enough? Yeah, yeah. That was obviously my, my, my uh, mentor, uh, Dave Parsuth. He's obviously not with us anymore. And he had cancer to the brain, the lung, lung cancer. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, but he was very good at, um, you know, marketing, maximizing like, uh, opportunities from from a marketing perspective which I think at the time even cricketers were just cricket 2005 just was just sort of getting into that mainstream where you know cricketers were becoming the sort of celebrities mixing in with musicians other other sort of industries and um, I was just probably just part of that you know wave where Montemania started to happen and um, yeah we you know being from university background you know, that's what you, you know, you're, you're, you're just, I think, you know, you, you, cricket's come a long way since then, but you're, yeah, you tend to be a bit more sort of social media tech savvy, um, you know, marketing ways and all that. So um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I, I think every cricketer should, should know how to sort of promote themselves. And that was a good <laughs> test to miss, wasn't it, as well? That first oh, yeah, test, I mean, it's called a thousand, <laughs> didn't they, or something? Yeah, yeah, they scored, they scored, you know, obviously, you know, lot, lots and lots of runs. Um, but, uh, but, but, but I find, like, even the Barmy Army fans, you know, that, but when I'm out there and, and the commitment that they show is amazing. Um, but when I was actually there, um, it was, I just felt as a team, we weren't, 
we weren't ready. You know, like Duncan Fletcher, for example, you know, he picked Ashley Giles, but I know he picked Ashley Giles because, you know, he felt like, you know, batting, bowling is great, but Ashley Giles wasn't ready. You know, he only played a couple of first warm-up games. You know, you, you rather risk me and not do well. You'd rather risk me and say, well, okay, I want to play Monty in the first test. And if he doesn't do that well, then I can bring Ashley Giles back maybe for the Adelaide, which is slightly slower pitch. But also it showed, you know, Duncan Fletcher, good coach, is a good coach of a team that is developing. I think if he, want, if he wants to be the leading team, he's not a great coach, you know, as, as being, yes, we are the number one teams. We are going to lead at, at the front. He was just, he, he, he was so used to the t- style of captains. Yeah, Nasser Hussain, a developing side, made it into a good team. Michael Vaughan again, great. But he had his sort of system of a CEO, board of directors. And if you're not part of that, then he didn't really speak to you, which was great. You know, he kind of said that, oh, I'm, I, 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 I'm an observer. I observe. And which, which that was, you know, his style. But he was so molded as a cricket coach to go and, and, and be, let's say, the underdogs, that when he, when he took that team to Australia, they were, England were the number one team. All eyes were on England, right? And that's where I think his, some of his decision-making and the players that were available, not available, you know, you can tell that it, he, he wasn't comfortable with that scenario. He, he, he was always happy being part of a team that's developing and growing, but not a part of a team that actually we are, we're going to lead from the front, like Ravi Shastri does. He very much says we're the number one team in the world and we're going to show you who we are. So there's two mm. contrast style of coaches. Mm. You mentioned about the Barmy Army there, and obviously you were a big hero of theirs. What about um, you know problem crowds? Where did you have, where where was it unpleasant? You know, did you did you suffer from sort of you know abuse and things in in anywhere in Australia or anywhere else? It's really interesting you say that now because at the time I was brought up to to think that the British white person right knows all the answers. Like my, my coach, Dave Parsut, he said, when they, if, 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 if it was a British white coach coaching me, we would note everything they say, you know, they're, they're the leaders of everything because of the British empire, et cetera, et cetera. This is from a Bain background. This is how we think. We think that um, you're already superior to us because of, you know, the, the whole British empire, how you rule the world and everything. And so we're like noting every, every point to the T, all the good points they're saying, and then go back into training. Oh, the coach told me to do this, do that. Go out there and practice all day. And that's how we were taught. You know, we were, we were you know, huge, never question them, never like this. And then when this George Floyd incident happened, I know everyone's talking about it, but I don't know. I never thought racism existed. I never thought in my head. I just went, my goal is to become, to play for England, and that's it. Everything else is just obstacles. Everyone has obstacles. Michael Jordan had obstacles. I just never think like that. And sometimes it's great to talk about it, but I just, I, 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 as long as it doesn't limit your progress, as long as it doesn't, you know, stop you from getting from your goal because you get sidetracked. Now, are you saying in a way that probably things were said to you, but you were so focused and sort of respectful in a way that you didn't really notice it? Or you thought they can't mean what? they sound as if they mean because they're English. They can't possibly mean that in a rude way. I mean, were you sort of too trusting perhaps or too focused and you didn't notice it? Well, the thing is, right, is that I'll give you an example. Um, Like in Sydney, they said to me, 
oh, um, where you park your elephant, mate? And I'm like thinking, I don't really understand what he's saying, firstly. Where do you park your elephant? <laughs> Secondly, I go and tell the guys, they're laughing their head off and they think it's so funny. But now, if we do, if a fan says that now, that is racist. That's a racist slur. But the way I reacted to, I reckon I reacted to so many racist moments where half the time I didn't understand, second the time I just laughed off because my goal was I want to play for England. I want to be a number one. I want to become one of the best spinners in England. And I don't care what people are saying to me. I don't want to get sidetracked to my goal. My goal as a sportsman is get to the top and that's it. And that's why, you know, even my coaches around me, they said to me, look, you know, you got to just, you got to get to the top. You can't let anything get in the way. So we just never, I never took these kind of comments too personally. Actually, um, didn't you, um, the other day, there was a bit of a sort of Twitter exchange with you and Roland Butcher, wasn't there? Because you, you wanted to ask me about the Jackson Five or something, didn't you? Oh, yeah. The, you're the actually, West Indies, the uh, West you, Indians you, playing for Middlesex. Yeah, you are, I think, the perfect person to answer this question because I, this is how it happened. I'll tell you how it happened. Black Lives Matter happened. I had to write an article because of his Black History Month at university because I'm doing a, a MA in international sports management. And my lecturer asked me, who is the first black cricketer? I said, that's easy. That's Big Dev. Devon Malcolm, nine for 57. Everyone knows he's the first black cricketer. He goes, no, it's Roland Butcher. And I was like, really? So then I investigated more because he goes, I, I want you to interview him and write an article about it. So I interviewed him. And, and when I interviewed him, he said, I would like a statue of the Jackson Five at mm. Lords, for you know, because then it will show that yeah, we the black people mm. mean something. There's no statue mm. of a black mm. person at Lords. Mm. Then I investigated further. Jackson Five. Who gave the nickname? Oh, Ozza. So you know, Simon Hughes <laughs> gave me the nickname. I did that. I didn't actually. I didn't give them the nickname, but they. I don't know who did, but it became just a sort of a. a, a, a common way of, of of grouping them together which in itself yeah. is a, a an outrageous thing to do really but because they were five black players and they tended to be together most of the time certainly socially and and actually I was regarded by for some reason they welcomed me into their midst as an honorary black they said you're an honorary black <laughs> I don't know why I think it was partly because I was a fast bowler and also because um I sort of I think they quite liked some of the women I was around with. I don't know why. Um, so we sort of, there was a bit of kind of banter about that. And I don't know, maybe that I was also incredibly, uh, I was always the last person to finish changing and they were always quite late as well. So we, we just all sort of became a group. And how they got named, named, named as the Jackman Farm, I can't remember who, who called them that, but they, they were happy with it actually. And I mean, at least... They seem to be on the surface, whether they're, they harboured, you know, animosity underneath, I don't know. But at the time, it was just a sort of a little kind of lighthearted way of, of calling these guys in a group who all happened to be from the West Indies originally. Um, yeah, so, so, so the question, I think you probably better to ask, best person to ask this question is, so when you do like, you know, as we do journalism, you, you pick up facts, there's certain facts that pop up and you kind of think, oh, Simon's the best, 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 best person to ask this question. Do you think there should be a statue of the Jackson Five or a black cricketer because of what's happened at Laws? Because yeah, I do. Yeah, and and right. I really do. I think it's a really good idea. Uh, they were so. I mean, all of the ind individually. I mean, Wayne Daniel, for instance, was an absolutely gem of a man. Well, he was known as the Black Diamond, actually. 
And that was because he just won in Middlesex so many tournaments and, and matches. And he, he was a fantastic individual and a tremendous bowler and the, the, the hardest trier I think I've ever seen. You know, so, to the extent where we, we used to have to reduce our run-ups on Sundays by to 15 yards. We couldn't run more than 15 yards on a Sunday league match because of the speed, the time, the overs up. And he had a run from the boundary. So he used to run on the spot to fill it to fit his run up in to the 15 yards he'd run on the spot like this for about 20 steps and then get going and so he wanted to put his whole run up into 15 yards to make sure he was still bowling maximum pace you know roland butcher first black cricketer to play for england fantastic guy norman amazing fielder roland butcher i mean people would pay admission to watch him field over the ball up on the boundary um, Norman Cowes, a fantastic bowler. Will Slack, the nicest man in, in but, cricket but, history. But why do you think there should be a statue? Well, I mean, uh, why not? Why, they, they, they were iconic uh, as a group. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily make a statue of all of them, but I think some of them, you know, undoubtedly Wayne Daniel and Roland Butcher. Wayne Daniel was part of the, the furniture at Lords, and Roland Butcher was England's first ever black cricketer. And he played, he started in uh, on the MCC ground staff, and then went on to play for Middlesex for 15 years. So undoubtedly, they should be a statues of them. Yeah, I mean they're not, you know, they're not quite but, but, WG Grace, but then we need to branch out and and put more statues of of you know well-known players. And I think actually to to be to, to be fair to the MCC, they're starting to now put out um, you know posters, not posters, um, tiles, posters up of pictures of you know the players from the last 200 years that have played at Lords and done well. So. Yeah, because be, in 1990 be there were there were 33 cricketers yeah. on the black community, but yeah. now there's only like nine or, or three something. people. Yeah. Mm. So, do you think the decline, the decline of that, and also what's happening with the Black Lives Matter with George Floyd? Do you believe that the ECB should put a statue to to actually get more people into cricket yeah. Yeah. from the BAME community? Why not? Yeah, absolutely. I, I well, of course. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. And, you know, just one other thing for me, right, I grew up with a lot of these players. I mean, watching Sobers and Viv Richards and people like that in the 70s and then playing with these guys in the 80s. They made a massive influence on me. They made cricket fun. They had flamboyance. They had lack of inhibition. You know, they played outrageous shots and, you know, all sorts of, you know, Roland Bush's fielding, as I said, was just I mean, it made get it made the game exciting. It made me excited to want to play with them and against them. So, and you know, obviously they were the fast bowlers as well, uh, who were who were terrifying but beautiful. Uh, so, you know, I think the way they 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 made our game uh, entertaining in the nineteen eighties, undoubtedly, yeah, because, because the relationship between West Indies and England was so such so strong then. You know, the yeah. best West Indian cricketers will come and play into county cricket. They and transformed our game, basically. So undoubtedly, they should have some statues uh, somewhere or other. Um, Can yeah, I just make yeah, a uh, couple yes. of observations? Number yeah. one, I'd like to say, uh, have you seen the way that uh, Monty has skillfully, uh, with his media expertise, turned things around to become mm. the inquisitor and you become the interviewee? Very and I, But haven't you, haven't you noticed uh, Simon Hughes actually enjoys that as well? I think he does. I well, <laughs> I was actually just trying to give you a break. I was, I was, I was like, I can't, can't get, can't get him to stop talking. I think he's quite loving this. I'm well, asking you more questions. My second, my second point is, um, we have got, so we got a bunch of questions from the floor. Yes, Are we, we have. Ready to take some? No, not yet. I just want to do one more thing, okay. and that is, I want to just play Monty's finest hour. Oh, okay. 
Um, so, of course, you, you, you all know exactly what that is. Um, and Monty, I'm sure you've talked about it before, uh, but I wanted to just... Well, many times, I, I can't help myself. Uh, you can't help yourself, but that's all right. So, um, I, want to, I want you to tell us, this is about a two-minute edit of uh, the epic last wicket stand in Cardiff in 2009. Um, I just want you to, to tell us... Um, sorry, I'm just having trouble with the uh, technology here. Just trying to get it to come up right um so i want you to tell us you know just a little bit about the situation so what was the situation can you recall when you came into bat yeah i was pretty much thinking am i going to miss the M m4 traffic or you know am i going to get up really early and then you know i think everyone else uh, other plans so i'm sure you guys would see it and the whole nation was completely shocked like i was Okay, well, here, here it is. Uh, like, as I say, a two-minute edit of your performance. 16,000 Welshmen applauding for him. We are now at the stage of unbearable tension. Hey, Monty. That was shown, boy. In fact, less left in the match. Think 15 minutes. Think 15 minutes. One might that be? Five overs. Still, Panasar hangs on. So, what are you thinking then? 15 minutes to go. <laughs> I wasn't thinking 15 minutes, I'll be honest with you. I was thinking if it's at the stumps, play with a straight bat. If it's short, drop the hands down. And that was it. I wasn't thinking how much time we had left. And, and any discussions with Jimmy? Yeah, Jimmy said, just, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, just make sure you don't get bold. If it's at the stumps, play with a straight bat. And he goes, if it's short, I, I don't care if it hits your body, drop them down really quick. And it's really easy. When you're in that situation, you've got two simple instructions. That's it. So my mind was clear. I knew what, I was, what my game plan was. And that's what we did. We just took it ball by ball. Um, and, and um, you know, gradually we did the great escape. Was it a bit like with, with Jimmy Anderson at the other end sort of advising you about batting tactics? Was it a bit like the blind leading the blind? Did it feel mm. like that? Well, it kind of felt like a bit like the Chuckle Brothers. Do you know what I mean? To me, to you, to me, to you. And uh, Jimmy's sort of, you know, trying to defend the balls which are turning and bouncing, going past his sort of, you know, left shoulder. But but we we just hang in there. We stuck to like our simple game plans. But in fact, before then, Andy Flower gave us batting buddies because he goes... Why is it that the tail gets blown away so quickly? You know, it happens all the time with our team. So what, what, what he did was my batting buddy was uh, Paul Collinwood. And he said to me, with your bat, make sure your back lift is really low and, 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 and short, not high. Because when the fast bowlers, by the time your back comes down, your stumps. Oh, he's gone. He'd be gone. And you play accordingly. So that's, I was thinking that as well when Siddle was bowling. He's, he's quick then. Um, and... Uh, He's kind of lost a couple of yards now, so let's be honest, so he's not bowling us quick. But I was just thinking all these little cues. Vaughan Collingwood, batting buddy, keep my hands closed. Andy Flowers telling me, you know, when it's at the stumps, play with a straight bat. Jimmy Anderson, short, drop the hands down. And that was it. It was very simple instructions. And it's, it's, it's actually, uh, it, it's, it was a great lesson for me. It made me realise that I'm, I may want to, you know, think so far ahead, but actually... I'm only good as my next ball. I'm only good as my next step, next moment, you know, and that's it. So uh, that, that's what we did in, in, in that game. What a beautiful stroke. Hasn't Kamasar played well? And now the luck's suddenly gone with him. 
races to the boundary again. England eking out a lead. This is an extraordinary performance. It's taking a full house down here in Cardiff at Savaya Gardens with him. Uh, oh, this is getting so close. The cult heroes at the crease. You went to pick the ball up there, didn't you? <laughs> I said, good luck, leave it, it doesn't belong to you. So I, I just, sorry, I just, I, I went back on that. There, look, you, you've actually, you nearly picked it up. <laughs> you got there quicker than me. <laughs> the countdown is on to a drawn test match. Three minutes, so maybe the last over. Marcus North, Kanasar keeps it out. We're reliving 2005. It's unbelievable. Never mind unbearable. Oh. That must be it. That's the final ball. Horrocks is over. That must be it. Conte is disconsolate. Do they know it? They're about to find out. He must know it. They surely know it. Yes, they do. The handshake means a drawn test match. Wow. Amazing. What, what was that like? That, experiencing that, that at the end? Yeah, at the end, I, I, I didn't realise how tense the crowd were. I was very calm and just relaxed. But when I got back and I, and I watched it and I looked at it, I couldn't believe, like, gosh, that that moment of, of, of the tension and, and the whole, each ball was just like a huge event. It was just something that I, uh, unbelievable, something I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't believe I would, would, I could, would happen. And did it take a while to sort of sink in then? What yeah, it did actually. Yeah, it took a while to sink in. I think I had to watch it a few times after because I knew after that test match I wasn't going to play. I was realistic. I didn't bowl very well. Swanee was just emerging into the team. Good fielder, good batter, good slip fielder. Just, you know, generally gave, had there's more options with him as a cricketer. And I realised that, you know, I probably will only play now as a second spinner um, on overseas pitches. That was my last home test match as well. So, um, which was something very difficult for me to accept because, you know, I'm always being the frontline spinner and suddenly someone's taking my spot, my seat, and I'm like, that seat belongs to me, you know? But you have to accept that's part of a sportsman's journey and say, look, I'm not a, I'm all-round cricketer. He's a better all-round cricketer than me. I've got to put my hand up and got to accept that I'll probably be the second spinner. And and, and that was the case. So, you know, after that, I think England became the number one team very quickly. It was in 24 months. They had their goal. They did it 18 months. And um, it, was a, it was a great time for English cricket after that. It was a big turning point, actually, because after that, you won the Ashes in 2009. And then that was the beginning, really, of, as you say, going to the top in the world. So you, you, you played a big part in, in that beginning, beginning of that process. Um, right, let's let's um, let's have some questions, shall we? Uh, I'm sorry, we've waffled on too long now. Um, I'm, I apologise for that. Right, you ready? Shall I bring some people in? Yeah, so please do. And um, actually, I tell you what, Paul Morley. Before you bring in your list, yeah, uh, Paul Morley has already um, posted a question. Um, I don't know if you can find him on your or your uh, on your list of people uh, noughts, but he's got a good question actually. And I don't know if you want to ask your question, Paul. Yeah, I'm unmuting him now, so I can do this. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Him. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, Hi, I've got this question. I, I posted another question on WhatsApp as well, so maybe I, if I can get away with asking two at once, I will. Um, so so the, I guess I'll go back to my original WhatsApp question, actually, following on from, from what we've just seen. Um, 
the, obviously the Cardiff um, Cardiff situation is probably what what most England fans um, remember you most fondly for Monty, despite all of the the, the wonderful sort of bowling performances. Um, <clears throat> from a personal point of view. Um, there was a chap called Bill El Shafia who uh, you may remember was the twelfth man in that game. Um, when I was going back many moons ago, I I'm hailed from Nottingham originally. Played a bit of club cricket with Bill El when he was a teenager, um, and watched with with great interest when he came on with the gloves at least once, if not twice, in the last sort of fifteen minutes in that in that game, which um, seemed to, seemed to obviously irk Mr Ponting quite a lot. So, I just uh, first question was really whether you remember. What the conversations were and, and what Ricky's um, response was to, to Bill Al coming on with the gloves, um, and then secondly, the, the question that the guys referred to um, in the chat was was um, Shane Warne's obviously um, been um, been fairly vocal about about your career, and, and he made a comment a few times about you that saying that something like Monty hasn't played fifty Test matches; he's played the same Test match fifty times. Um, so, I just wonder what what your response to that is, um, and and if I don't know whether you ever spoken to him about it, and, and what your what your comeback would be to that that criticism, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great two questions. I think with Bill Al Shafia, I would say um, that obviously you know irritated Ricky Ponting because he kept on coming, you know. Uh, out and giving us the gloves and he was quite a cheeky chap anyway you know young when he played cricket he was a sensation under 19s like everyone thought he was going to become you know the next you know the next the next sort of unbelievable batsman you know in, in English cricket and uh, it was a shame how his career kind of faded away after that and uh, did really well at Not uh, Northampton then he went to Notts you know they always say don't go back to your home county once you've left it and he went back to Notts it wasn't the same bigger club test match venue more expectation um, you know, with a smaller club, you know, there's always going to always give you opportunity. But uh, he was he was a great cricketer, really good guy, and uh, he was a he, you know he he knew how to wind the opposition. You know, he was a captain of the under 19s, England under 19, so he was very uh, very good at his uh, you know uh, his strategies and, and and tactics. So he's brilliant at that. And and going on to the other question of uh, um, Shane Warne, yeah. I, I possibly, I don't think he expected that comment to go so strong when he said he's played 33 test matches, 33, you know, times the same test match. I think um, the media kind of took that and um, then kind of like sort of said, well, you know, variation isn't there. And I remember Terry Jenner, the late Terry Jenner just said to me, because all you got to do is, is just shorten your delivery stride and then just bowl it like that ball come out slower. That's all you got to do. There's not a lot more to it. But I think the me British media really took that and and absolutely wrote loads of articles on like you know variation and you know my ability to take wickets. He just bowls the same way. He's got a good stock delivery. If it doesn't turn, then you know he will go for an LBW, and that's all there is to him. Um, but then you know I went to Sussex and and learned you know more you know better bowling, which was great. But yeah, you know Shane Warne. If I see him now, I'll probably you know I'll probably say. Um, you know, it's spinners, you know, like if, I would say that he's he should be mindful of especially young players coming through because it can, it can have a huge effect to the to the person's career. So if, he, you know, if in the future he's got something really positive to say or really like interesting to say to develop their game, then maybe have a word with them, you know, on a one to one basis. And in the media, then, you know, he can say whatever he wants. But if he says something really harsh and then it affects their career, then you know that that because he's such a you know once in a generation. Did, did it affect you then? I think I was reading a lot of newspapers. I was thinking, you know, everyone. I thought to myself, I'm bowling my stock delivery, but then I'm thinking, 
people are just worried about when is he bowling get slower? Does he have any variation? Or is he just going to bowl the same way? And I think I got really, you know, absorbed and obsessed about my variation and the lack of it. And I remember even my friends and family who don't know much about cricket, they go, oh, do you have much variation? So even they were like honging on to it. So, so in a way, I kind of like took it too seriously rather than just letting my, let me, me bowl myself. Because I remember Jeffrey Boycott, he goes to me, Monty, I've got one piece of advice for you. And the second, second word is off. He goes, any person comes to you, just tell them that. So F off to anyone. He goes, you're a natural cricketer. You naturally know when to bowl it slower, naturally know what to do with the game. He goes, tell everyone to do that. And he goes, that's my piece of advice. He goes, you've got too many people coming in and giving you advice. And maybe I should have just done that. I should have been strong enough and told everyone to like, no, I don't care. I don't care what Shane Wong thinks. I don't care what the British media thinks. I don't care what you guys think. I'm going to stick to that. And sometimes a sportsman has to do that. Hmm. Well, good, good, good on him. Thank you, good Paul. Uh, is Richard on screen? <laughs> yes, Richard is. Hello, Richard. Good evening. Hi, Simon. Good evening. Hi, Monty. Good to have you with us. Thanks for your time. Um, my question is generally about spin bowling in England. Um, since probably yourself and the Graham Swan you know, took on new careers in the media, we failed to produce what I would call top quality test match spin bowlers that can win us matches. Uh, and it seems to be a dying art in English cricket, you know, domestic cricket now, there's very few spinners playing. Just wonder what you believe England can do to A, produce quality test spinners and what they might do domestically to help that. Yeah, th thank you for that question, Richard. I think that's a great question. I think partly uh, we, we don't need a quality, let's say, frontline spinner is because of Jimmy Anderson's shoot abroad. Every time in any conditions, any situation, if it's not, we give them the ball, they get the wickets. And effectively, the spin bowler can hide behind them. So you, it, it gives us the option to play, you know, the likes of Moenali. He's played 60 test matches, but, you know, he's not really a frontline spinner. He's a good batsman, good or, you know, done well with his bowling. Um, more than we expected him to do. But I think it's, the, it's also, you know, in the domestic game, it's also to do with the attitude to lefty spinners, you know. Can we get a spinner on one over before lunch, you know, early June? How do we give them overs, you know, instead of giving the medium pacer, um, you know, when conditions could be helpful for, this, for a spinner? It's a captain's also mindset, you know. They've got to think, no, I've got to find a way of getting the spinner overs in the first innings, second innings, early season, and then have that sort of game plan as a, as a team to think, right, second half of the season when we win games, you know, it's not going to be through like medium paces, bowling the dibbly doblies and Darren Stevens who picks up loads of wickets. You know, they're good for the game, but you don't want too many of them, you know, you don't want loads of to have that. And they can have that, you know, they, they can do that. They think, actually, we don't have a good frontline spinner, but it's easier to get a, a, a seam bowler that kisses the deck, you know, um, because the ball seems a bit and, and it'll get us wickets. That's where I think as a county club, as a coach, as a, as a captain, you've got to say, no, one of our values as a team is to protect our spinners. We've got to get them into the game. We've got to find a way, maybe second half of the season, produce turning wickets so they can play, they can win games for us. And I think that's something the ECB should encourage counties to do, especially, you know, the, we've got less games now. So they'll say, look, we need, you know, after, let's say, June onwards, guys, we want you to be producing turning pitches so we can give our spinners an opportunity to learn, learn and learn how to bowl in, in, in county matches. Can I just come back with a second point on that? Oh, sorry. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just quickly. So if I look at, say, uh, my own county, Hampshire, we've had Liam Dawson for the last few years and the emergence of, of Mason Crane. 
Yet last year, if COVID hadn't have hit us, we'd have had Nathan Lyon. That just points to me as we're not encouraging our own young players to develop. Uh, and secondly, and I think, I don't know if Annie's on the call tonight, but she's a big Somerset fan and they produce turning pitches and get fined for it. Whereas if a, a pitch takes seam all day, there's no penalty. So it's just another way of not encouraging spin bowling, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. It is to do that. It's the attitude, you know, it's the mindset which comes from the top. It's got to be from the ECB, from the top, the committee members or like Andrew Strauss. It's great to have him back. Ashley Giles, you know, I'm a big believer of people who've played international cricket to be in administration roles. You look at Saraf Ganguly and BCCI transformed, you know, the IPL with so many young players coming through. It's, it's got to be from the top, the ECB. They've got to say, we've got to change this mindset of just, you know, um, you know, producing great seamers. We've got to bring spinners on as well. And to do that is, yeah, we're not going to, like Hampshire, why are they signing Nathan Lyon? They should not be signing Nathan Lyon. That's stopping Mason Craig or a young off spinner to come in the game. And if they have to produce slightly more turning pitches to keep their confidence in a four-day match, then so be it. You know, at least you're giving them a game and they're learning. They're learning the craft of spin. And that's something I think needs to be encouraged from the top level. Or, and they've got to say, look, you know, if you're South, South, South County, like, we don't want you to be signing overseas spinners. You know, Yorkshire signed Mirage. We had Ashwin at Knotts. You know, so where do they get the opportunity? A young spinner, how is he going to learn to win games on a turning pitch? So it's more important and to learn by playing, is it, than being with a star spinner? And, and well, I think it's, yeah, it's, it, that's a great point, Simon. I think if you're going to have an overseas spinner, then you need to have a young spinner playing with him. So they both, they, they, there's the, 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 the likes of, let's say, Nathan Lyon is there to win games, but Nathan Lyon is there to also help that young spinner to develop and grow. So I think that's really important. So like, you know, you, you look at, you know, Mirage is, okay, so Mirage is going to be in Yorkshire. Who are the young spinners that are going to learn from them? You know, and that's what, I think, you know, ECB should do, they should get like a spin consultant uh, 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 as a role and then go to all the counties and say to them that, right, you're going to have an overseas spinner, but I want to also see the development of this young spinner. Sounds so like I a job for you, Monty, that. Sounds like a, yeah. job, a job you'd be really good at. Um, yeah. Anyway, good good answer. Um, Jacob, hello, good evening. Hello there. Good um, to see you again. Yeah, good to see you, Simon and, um, and Norts. And, uh, and great enjoying today's play were you yeah it was good um it was a shame it wasn't more um you know uh, even and more compelling mm. but uh but but i don't know I, I don't know if um like you said simon that they're a bit intimidated by the whole setting you know the big stadium the ping ball test to put a lot of pressure on themselves i, I don't know um, yeah, maybe i mean there's only four players have played ipl so uh, you know maybe yeah yeah, know. yeah um anyway great yeah, great, great to listen to you, Monty, as well. Um, you know, it's been a privilege. Um, just uh, you touched on it, and Simon touched on it as well about the India tour in 2012. And I just wanted to know. I know you didn't play in the first test, but what kind of planning went into that as um, as a spin bowling attack between you and Swan, and um, you know how it all kind of you know a bit of insight of as to how it kind of um, you know panned out um, is is what I really wanted to know um, with everything going on at the moment. Yeah, look, that's a fantastic question. I think one of the things, what wins us overseas wins, we realise the batting is crucial. You know, Alistair Cook's record is amazing. Um, you know, he can, he can bat long. 
and we have Kevin Peterson who can attack and 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 you know bat if he bats all day then he can score loads of runs. But the key really is can the spinners bowl bowl in defensive manner and attacking, and that's what we both could do. Myself and Graham Swan we played at North fans. We knew how to attack. We knew how to defend. But we can only attack and defend if there's runs on the board. We, we, we made a mindset. We said, as a team, we're going to bat 100 to 120 overs. If we're going to win a test match in India, the first objective is to bat at least 120 overs. We don't care what the score is. That's the amount of time we need to bat. Because then the wicket will start breaking up and it'll give opportunity for the likes of myself and Swanee. If in the second inning we're bowling to India, we may be a defensive role. But we're taking, we, we're taking time out of the game where the wicket breaks up, then it gives us time to attack. That is the most important thing. Now, when you look at these pitches where they spin from day one, it's uh, spinners are in the game straight away. And, and we don't have an Alistair Cook. We don't have a batsman who, who would go out there and bat all day or a Kevin Peterson. You know, the likes of Ben Stokes isn't producing, you know, them sort of innings. I think he's a great player when the ball bounces above hip, but anything that lateral movement, Below the knee roll, you know, he, he's, 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 and that's why in Australia he'll do well. But I think India is going to be, obviously, we all know, no team has won since when we beat them in 2012. And it, it looks like after today, you know, <laughs> I don't think India, England's going to win the Test Series. Did, did you and Swanee um, talk about your the way you work together? You know, like saying that 2012 series... Did you kind of, did you have a, an, an understanding? Do you discuss things, you know, or did it just happen that you sort of understood each other by just being around together all the time? No, we, we, we knew exactly what we were doing when we were both batting, bowling together, right? When we were bowling together. Swanee would say to me, Monty, I want this batsman on strike. Make sure you, you know, you shout in my ear as he's walking past. And I know, and I will purposely bowl a full ball on the pads, get him off strike so he can bowl to the lefty or, or really bowl really tight and quick. And then, you know, he's off strike and then he'll do the same for me. And it worked really well. And it was a shame that we didn't play a lot more together. You know, if you played a lot more together, um, we would have had some fantastic times. Oh, very interesting. Hello, Omar. You're here. Yeah. You've always got a question. Yeah. Uh, so Monty, uh, as a British Punjabi myself, uh, you're a real icon. I think, um, you know, the British Asian community, we're very blessed by guys like yourself, Moin Ali, Adil Rashid, Bapara, Ramprakash. You know, you really kind of set the pathway for many of us to follow. And for that, we always have a, a you've got a great place in our heart. Um, I actually live in Bedford, which is where you studied as well. And my son plays county age group uh, in Bedfordshire. Uh, now, what always gets me is that I think grassroots, uh, probably a third of cricketers are Asian, but as you go to the pro level, that number diminishes quite quickly. Now, having seen my son play the county age group uh, system, there's two things I want to ask. Why do you think that is? Why the numbers dwindle? Is it racism slash favoritism, which I think is a part, or equally a part I see, is it's a bit of a general idea, but I think Asian kids, they live to bat, live to bowl. You tell them to do fitness, push-ups, stretching, running. They're not quite as keen. So what's your experience of going through the system uh, and what, what did you experience uh, in, in that regard? Yeah, look, I, 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 I grew up at Luton Town in Indians, right? And um, uh, I was at a club where it was all Asian people, you know? 
people who are brown skin like me eat the same foods um, and culturally, you know, speak the same languages or whatever. And I didn't realize that actually that helped my development when I was a youngster, because I see so many young cricketers from the BAME community say, oh, I'm at this club and it's predominantly, let's say, Anglo-Saxon British white club and it's not happening. And I'm like, that's fine. But it's true. Jimmy Adams said that to me when I interviewed him. He goes, yeah, people from the BAME community naturally warm towards their own community to, to, to excel. And that's, that's why I think one of the reasons why I, I, I grew as a cricketer. Now, the reason why the other side is it's learning about each other's cultures. You know, I know that a British white kid is so much easier to coach. They listen, they, you tell them what to do, they don't answer back. You tell them to do fitness sessions, they do them, they're structured, they wear come punctual, wear the same clothes, neat and tidy, respectful, so many qualities. And I think this is easy. I'll coach myself and I'm like, how easy is this? Then I coach a, a kid from, a, it's like difficult answer back, late, you know, haven't got the right kit on, but talented. And I'm spending more time in just organizing this person than actually coaching, you know what I mean? And, and, and then we talk about the coaching side of things. It's all great. But then what happens, they just think, ah, oh, they're not giving me a chance when I go further up the ladder. It's because it's, it's, it's you know, like they say, it's a halfway meet. There's got to be a coach in the professional game to think, actually, you know, a young kid from the bank is going to be like that. So we've got to work out a way how we can help him because he's very talented. And the other way is um, the young sort of, you know, kid who's from that community, you know, understanding himself. If you want to be a professional cricketer, you've got to be on time. You've got to wear the same clothes. You've got to listen to the coaches. You've got to do your fitness sessions. Well, don't blame it on, oh, it's racism and it's that. It's just understanding different cultures and finding a medium where it works. And that's what it is. Yeah, I think, in my personal opinion, I think we do play the race card too quickly. I think, I mean, so many talented kids I've seen in North Hants in, in Bedfordshire who they're just not fit enough. Yeah, and that's why they get yeah. they get dropped yeah. in the end. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so, it, it, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is, it is. And what, what can you do? I mean, Umar, um, is there anything? Oh, what, what do you reckon? Well, you can still, you can still hear us, I suppose. Um, I just wondered what he thought we could do about it, but anyway, well, okay, we'll move. Well, I'm um, sorry, oh, Umar, you're back. Magic. Um, um, <laughs> so, is there anything we could do in this? I mean, how did, how's your son finding it? Well, I think my son, he he played county age group under tens, and he didn't perform very well because he got tired. So, and I said, look, the harder you train, the fitter you are, the better you're going to play, and it becomes a positive addiction. So now he's like morning skipping, evening push-ups, running sessions. And you should tell them, look, the cricket side is almost secondary. You've got to be an athlete first and then be a cricketer. It's like bowling. You've got to be an athlete all the way from your run up to the crease and then be a bowler just for that one second. So I think it's, it's the mental change. that Cricket's not about batting and bowling. It's about fitness primarily and then becoming a cricketer. So I think, yeah, dare I say, one of a few things you said there about, the, the, I mean, sadly speaking, Asian people in general, I'm being generalization here, but organization, wrong kit, no spikes, late. It's frustrating, should we say? Yeah. Which is why I mean, my club Bedford, it's a good mix, probably half and half, and that's probably the best blend, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just yeah, understanding I, I, understanding what are the requirements to be a professional cricketer. I was um 
I should have been an Asian then, really, because I was always late and disorganised and <laughs> presented all the training and stuff. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, that's why the that's why the West Indian guys, the Jackson Five, liked me. I think because we all had the same same well, attitude. Hey, now I think you'll find Simon, and it's a comment we will drill into and investigate further down the line. They used to hang around with me because of the women in my Yeah, I, I knew you'd pick up on that. I mean, what's that about? But We're not going there. We're not going there. Move on. Move on. Buy my books and it will all be revealed. Um, production. production, no. I just want to say, run a tight ship. There are people, there are more questions if you want to do them, but there's also timings. A couple more, couple more questions. All right, well, I'm going to bring in Mr. Ian Wigston then. Is yes, Mr. Ian Wigston. It's coming in, so there you go. Hello, Ian. Hi Simon, hi Norts, good to have you with hi, us. Yeah. Really good to be listening to you. Um, yeah. Monty, what's your perspective on team rotation and bubble management, um, given your experience as a player? Is, is the focus on mental health the right one at the moment or is it still falling short, do you think? Well, I think it, it's working quite well, you know, with the England team where they're doing this rotation policy. But um, I think... Um, you know, look at India, they are kind of following the same suit. You know, they're looking at with 20 players being in, used over the Australia tour. Um, I think, you know, going through this new bubble, they're probably, you know, certain people think oh, this is a time frame I have. After that, I need to go and see my, my family and, 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 you know, for my mental health, which is really important. Now, the difficulty is if you're a player who's playing T20 cricket one day is, and then there's heavy scheduling, where do, where's your time off? Where do you get your time off? You know, and there's certain players who then, you know, where we've been questioned and they've gone home, then they'll be back and they'll be playing the IPL contracts and they'll be preparing for a T20 World Cup. It's because of scheduling of this year. You know, we've got 17 test matches. We've got a heavy schedule of white ball cricket. We've got 100, 100 tournament happening. I think that every player, there needs to be a scope where they can rest and go and, um, you know, go home. Now, Moen Ali is a really interesting case because I think, if Moeen Ali stayed, England would have said, you, you, we owe you a favour now, you know, and what I think he, I think it would have helped him a lot if he did stay, because I think ECB would have liked being like, wow, you know, you, 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 you one week off and then you um, went to, you know, back home, but you stayed here for this weekend. They could desperately do him in, in here, you know, if I look at it right now, if I'm sitting right now and I'm thinking, I'm Moen Ali, I'm in Birmingham with my family. One week with my family, or oh, my country needs me desperately right now. Where do I really want to be? And I'm thinking to myself, I probably should have maybe said to the, Ed, you know what? I know I'm scheduled to go back home tomorrow. Um, I, will, I, 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 I will play the next test match. But then after that, I'll just go home. I, I reckon that would have been you know what, ECB would have remembered that rest of their life. I think that's how, in such a delicate passage, you know. But again, he's entitled, he's entitled, you know. But sometimes, you know, like they say, you just do that extra, that was that moment I thought for Moen. But, you know, when they look at the pitch, you kind of think, yeah, we need Moen right now. <laughs> so are you saying that might count against him, even though it was his entitlement? That's up to the other younger spinners. That's up to Don Bess, Jack Leach. That's up to all of them, how they grab the opportunity now. You know, if they don't bowl well and don't take wickets, Moen Ali, yeah, they will go back to Moen Ali. You know, they will say, yeah, can you play the next test match or whenever? 
that's up to the youngsters now. You know, someone like Ed Smith and the selectors will say, look, he's entitled to his rest, like his Ben Stokes, Joss Butler, Johnny Bairstow. They're all IPL players. They're in that separate category. So it's up to you guys to grab this opportunity. Um, I, don't, I hope it isn't because I think Monal is a great, great cricketer. But then if you, when you take time away, then, yeah, any of these players, you know, um, with the like, maybe possibly even Ben Stokes, if he's not bowling well, if he cannot bowl and he's not batting well, even his place is going to be soon under question mark. So, you know, any player that's taking rest, I think he's given opportunity. Ben, folks, look at that. Best keeping that we saw in the last test match. Unbelievable keeping. Now you're asking to help the question today. 47, 48 balls of six runs, batted it out well. You think, do we need Joss Butler in the test matches? You know? Mm -hmm. Just where does Johnny Bairstow fit? Ben Folks is the best keeper now. So every music, player, yeah. This music to our next guests uh, is that Scott Moody. You love, Scott, you love Ben Folks, don't you? I do. I think you should always play your best club. I've always said that. And I don't agree with you. The keeping's easier in Australia either. I'm just saying that for Oh, the here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. Anyway, if, if keeping so easy in Australia, how come the England batters can't get any runs if the bounce is nice and true and you know going through it even high all the time? If you know. Well, it's anyway. just, look at David Milan. He scored his first. He scored his century first class hundred, first class century first hundred in Australia. He's a good player of fast bowling, and when they come to select this team, that's what they've got to think about for Australia. You know, does Dom Sibley, is he really good at fast bowling? Does he play the ball really well and only five is a hit? Or is he scoring with 80% of his run onside in county cricket? Do you know what I mean? And look today, he got out, slip. You know, that, mm. that's how he's going to get out in Australia if he doesn't, mm. uh, that, that, that dismissal. Mm. So it's all about the players who can, um, and you may have to just select players. You may have to change certain teams and think, you know what, guys, we're picking batsmen who can play fast bowling well. We're not yeah. picking on how many runs you scored in county cricket or how many test matches you played at the start of the year. So it could be a completely Monty, different team. On that note, Monty, the selection today of uh, Stuart Broad over Don Bess, um, do you think in the back of the England selectors' minds that they always had Anderson and Broad playing the third test because it was the pink ball test? And regardless of what the pitch looked like, they were just going to st stick with that. Because to me, it was obvious from yesterday that the pitch was going to break up and turn. I couldn't understand yeah, it, it. Look, it is obvious, but I want to also have know what the pack, practice wickets were like. I mm. bet the practice wickets were seeming and they were in Stuart Broad. It was their little cunning plan of the Indian team to actually... Um, and they fell for it. <laughs> I think uh, Monty's... Um, he's for Kate to build again. Interestingly. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh no I, I don't want to talk about the Jackson 5 anymore um, no. my god Scott um, well what did you think today well I just thought they from before the toss they got the selection wrong how you could have a number not have a decent number 8 in test cricket these days you had to play Wokes or you had to play Bess mm. you just had to you can't go in with three rabbits and a ferret as I put in a Mm. <laughs> um, you just can't do that in modern day test cricket um, you need a number 8 that can bat and Wokes can bat if it was a seamless wicket he had to play in my opinion he, he must be furious Wokes being trailing around not playing and seeing these other guys kind of you know make a complete cock up of it 
and Archer. I mean, how can you think he's? You know, he said to me on a a, a private interview that I said did him with him recently, just a background interview. He said I regard myself as an all rounder. Well, you can't bet. I'm sorry. He's, he's averaging eight in no, Test cricket. Exactly. He's he's marginally technically eight point one five after. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and at um, least he did try and play some shots, but you knew it wouldn't last. England just frustrate me so much because they, mm. they, you can see this a mile off. They're just going to fall for it. The, 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 the wicket was not a seamer's wicket. It was a spinner's wicket. Now, they've yeah. crucified poor old Don Bess. Mm. He's never going to recover from this. He's hung out to dry, really. Yes, yeah. Um, that was my next question to Monty. Actually, I wanted him to, to talk about how, what are they doing to help Don Bess in this situation? Um, mm. Are they going to get him to go away and work on his technique or... Do they do such things at elite level or do they just, once you reach that level, do they just presume that you're, you know, you're, you're good enough to look after yourself? That's, that's what I want to know, really. Um, if he gets back well, on. You might have a long way. Or you can put it, you can write an email and we can forward it on. <laughs> um, well, I'm doing my yeah. production. Again, this is riveting, riveting content, but so I'm just going, Monty is not on the airwaves in any way, shape or form. Right. That's okay. So, okay. Um, well, let's um, let's just uh, so. Well, Will, you had a question. Um, or oh, Scott, why don't you ask your second question, and I'll see if I can answer it. Unless Monty comes. Oh, I've got Monty. Monty's in the building. All right. I okay. found him again. All right. Well, we'll do two more questions, and then we'll do the quiz, and then we'll let him go. Okay. There he is. Monty. So. Yeah. Hello, guys. Sorry, I'm back. Internet problems. So, yeah. Right. So, uh, Wi-Fi. Problems. So, Scott, what was your second question? Oh, I just muted him now. I'm a shocker. Oh, there sorry. You you're you're muted. Right. There no, you. There yeah, that's it. Okay, Monty, welcome back. Um, my question is concerning um, Don Bess. I feel for him. Um, he's ob it's obvious to everyone. It's obvious to Simon. It's obvious to me. I'm a spin bowling coach. Um, so it, it's it's obvious. It's, he's way left of vertical from where he needs to be with his release. Um, he's not bowling as well as he can. As a result of that, he's got the old head tilted vertically at the moment of release as well, and keep, instead of keeping his eyes horizontal. My question to you is, what's going on in, in the background with, with Don Bess? Is, is there anyone there looking after him, technique-wise? Or once you reach international level, do they just leave you alone? They just think, oh, well, you're an international cricketer. You just look after yourself. You're good enough to get here. But it's obvious to me that he needs to go away and work on those technique flaws, if you like, if he's going to be the Ospinner want him to be. Like, like Ashwin did, basically. In 2016, Ashwin had a similar problem. He's gone away, worked at it, come back, and you look at him now, he's magnificent. Um, yeah, what's going on in the background, basically? Yeah, yeah, look, I think when he's under pressure, he resorts to, you know, getting his arm, like, past the perpendicular, so the yeah. ball then, you know, kind of drifts in, like he got Virat Kohli out, where Virat Kohli planted his foot outside off stump. By the time the ball came to him, it was on off stump and he got the inside edge now that you know soon teams work that out you know and and, and they'll say this is his stock delivery so i think what don bess needs to do is actually think you know there's not there's not a lot wrong with me all i need to just lower that arm position a little bit keep bowling my heavy delivery i bowl well and and it's not complicating the issue too much because we tend when person gets slightly out of the team they kind of think this huge issue no it isn't he didn't play in the third test match. And the only issue was because Joe Root thought that they need to be three seamers. Now, if he thought to himself, I need to play an off spinner and a left arm spinner, Don Best would have played. 
And the reason he's playing is because he can bat as well. You know, he adds that batting value. He can bowl a little bit. And when he bats well, he bowls well. And he's technically may not be the great, but as an all-round cricketer, he's, he's providing that, that, you know, number eight position, vital kind of position. And what I question is actually Joe Root. Why was Joe Root thinking that there should be, um, you know, uh, not playing two spinners? You know, Don Bess is okay. He just needs to play. When he bats well, he bowls okay. Lowering the arm, we can work on that. It's not like a huge issue. The issue is we need to play him. Not He doesn't need to have the perfect bowling action. We just play him because he, he will learn by playing international cricket. Now, sometimes we complicate it too much. We just say he needs to go away, work on this arm, and then do that, and then he'll go away and work on it, work on it, which means it takes him longer to get back into international cricket. And then suddenly when you need that, let's say, second off spinner who can maybe uh, bat a little bit, you may not have that. So you've got the likes of Irma Verdi, who's next in line, but he may not be able to bat. So then you think, who's next in line? Yeah, his action is great. Let's play him. But then batting gets a bit too long. You know, the tail's not great. Jack Leach is more of a, you know, the, the tail is still long. He's not like a proper batsman than Don Bess is. Yeah. So the question is, you've got to think, what is happening to the player? What is happening to my team in six to nine months' time when I'm making these decisions or which direction these players are going? And I think that's what Joe Root needs to sit down and ask himself, you know, are we going to... Why did I, first of all, not play a second spinner? And what is the question of Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad playing together? Did I already have the mindset that I want to play them in the pink ball test match, regardless of what the pitch conditions are, which I think was the case. And, you know, that sort of pre-hindsight is great in English conditions. That can work because overcast conditions, suddenly the ball changes and, and whatever. But in England, in Australia, when we've got a big series coming up, I think the rotation policy works well there. So these are the things that, you know, Joe Root needs to sit down and work out where does Dom best fit into my team? You know, would he fit in English conditions or would I go with Jack Leach? Do they both compete? You know, in my opinion, they could compete, compete with each other for that one spot in England. And uh, on spinning conditions, Dom Bess and Jack Leach play, regardless of the pitch conditions, we play two spinners. And I think that's where Joe Root got it wrong. Quiz, Simon. Quiz. Quiz. Okay. Yeah, let's Apologies do the quiz. Apologies, there's still some more questions, but Monty's got to get some shot eye. After all, he's he's flying out. He's traveling, traveling. Yeah, on. I need to start packing. <laughs> oh, there you go. Right. So, well, okay, that's that's good. That's good timing because um, yeah. what we do with all our guests, Monty, is we do ten questions, and uh, it, the title of the quiz is "How well do you know yourself?" Um, there's, it starts with a bit of music, which is this. Okay, and there are 10 questions. Um, the leaderboard at the moment in 2021 is uh, led by Andrew Strauss, who had nine out of 10. Uh, and bottom over the sort of period of we've been doing this about five months is Alistair Cook with four. Ian Smith narrowly got into uh, second from bottom last week with six. So, you know, it's sort of six to beat, really, is, is the sort of yeah. um, sort of area. And if you get the right answer, you get this. He's got it! 
And if you get the wrong answer, you get one of these. So you want right? to hear less of those, don't you, really? You want to hear less of those. So it's a, it's a quiz about you. So I hope you okay. know. I hope you know plenty <laughs> about you. Okay. Um, and uh, the questions have been very, very carefully researched by Richard and I. So, Mr. Norton, would you like to fire away with question right. one? Okay, I will open the batting then. And I always think it's fair to say, Simon, with, uh, for the duration of this club, the first ball is very much a loose. You know, the first question is a is a half volley to be smoted through the offside, isn't it? Right. So, your first question, Monty, is as we've heard earlier tonight. Your first wicket in Test cricket was Sachin Tendulkar in Nagpur in 2006. But who was your second victim? Ooh, pause for dramatic effect. He's or thinking. Is he, or is Do you have to say the answer? Yes. Yeah. So what is the answer? Uh, Mohammed K. Very good. <laughs> Excellent. One out of one. Yeah, you're not. It's not a written test. This it's a, it's, it's a verbal. It's not okay, an exam, okay. right? It was put oh, right, in the chat okay. room. Money was put it in the chat room. The answer. Yeah, okay, okay. You're thinking too far ahead here, Monty. Just keep it simple. Just okay. right. Question two. Yeah. Uh, how many wickets did you take on your first class debut? So your debut in county. Eight. Blimey, that was a quick. I was going to. I was going to give you a bit of uh, time to think about that. But in the second innings, you took four for 11 from 20 overs on your first class debut. Yeah. Anything to say about that? Well, I was destined to play for England. <laughs> Excellent. Two out of two. Hey, what I will say, though, to both Monty and Simon here is, um, Monty, if we could very quickly, just for edit, because we make a short version of this quiz, be really useful now if we have two seconds of silence and then you say eight and then we have silence again, because it'll make it hellishly easier to edit. So here's the silence. Eight. That's Try it. Very what good. A, what a pro. That was worth right. a round of applause, to be honest. That is worth a round of applause. Excellent. Right, question three. Question three from I. Um, well, this, is, this is a trickier one, I think, but we'll see. Uh, question three. What links the test match debuts of yourself, Alistair Cook, and Joe Root. What links the debuts of you three? We, we all made our debut in India. Ooh, Got to be a bit more specific. We all made our debut at Nagpur. Oh! Very good. Two of you in the same game. Three out of three. Three out of three. Three awesome. Out of three. Bloody hell, Monty. Right, question four. Who has more... Who has... Who has hit more sixes in Test cricket? You, Phil Tufnell, Derek Underwood, or Jack Leach? I'll say Jack them again. Leach. Phil Tufnell, Derek Underwood, Jack Leach, or you? Who's hit more sixes? In Test cricket? In Test cricket. Derek Underwood. No. The answer is you. <laughs> you have one and no, none of the others have hit any. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I think I remember the six you hit. Was it off Murley? Yeah, Murley, yeah. And Trent Bridge. Yeah. Yeah, hell of a shot. 
Mm. Right. Okay. Never mind. Because so you can't have a full house now. Three out of four. Never mind. Doing well. Never mind. Okay. Uh, question five. We're on, aren't we? So question five. Yes. Okay. Uh, Monty, you played one T20 game for England. Uh, how many wickets did you take in that T20? And who did you dismiss? I got Gilchrist and Mike Hussey up. He's got it! He knows his career. Five out of six. Four out of five, I'd say. Four out of five, sorry. Question six. In the 2009 Ashes, you famously repelled the Aussies in the first test at Cardiff, we've seen that, with an unbroken 10 wicket partnership with Jimmy Anderson. How many balls did you face? Oh, and we'll say, we'll give you a leeway of two either side. Give us, you know. Thirty-four. He's got it. Very good. Thirty-five, actually, but excellent, excellent 34. answer. Very good. So that's five out of six. Right. This next this is a banger. This question is what they call it's an absolute banger. This one, right? Okay. Got to. I got to. I got to prepare properly for this. Right, Monty. Uh, I wish to book a cricket, a cricketer or ex-cricket professional on Cameo to send a personalised birthday video to a family member. Who out of this list? is the most expensive and who is the least expensive, right? So you've got the idea? There are five cricketers, ex-cricketers, I'm going to name you. Those five are Greg Chappell, Chris Jordan, Ben Duckett, Tino Best, and of course, yourself, right? Who is the most expensive out of those five and who is the least expensive? I would say... Ben Duckett's the least, and I'm the most expensive. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you that. I'll give, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll, I'll give you three quarters of a point for that. We'll give him one because yes, Monty did. He did. He did. Work. Who's the most expensive? Uh, you are. You. You are the list of five. <laughs> what was really fun? Chris Jordan is about thirty quid, but actually the the um, least expensive on this is Tino Best, who's about eleven pounds. And you oh, must, right. you better just explain what Cameo is. Somebody, Richard, yeah. thoughts? Well, you, Monty, Monty. Monty's the yeah, Cameo is like personalised messages, whatever you want, and uh, you just send them out. And yeah, people love birthday messages. Like, so instead of giving a gift, which is, could be like 20, 30 quid, people actually don't mind a personalised birthday message. And that could be the same sort of price, but it's actually from a sportsman and they find that a lot more value. Right. Okay. So, what, what's that? Six out of seven. Six out of seven. Uh, what we'll say about cameo, Monty. When I was looking at these kind of numbers, I also saw that uh, you, you brought them earlier. You're, you're you're even more expensive than the um, which which Chuckleborough is alive still. Is it Paul or Barry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are more expensive than Paul Chuckle. You were a premium cameo <laughs> celebrity. I, I'm going to give him a point for that because I think <laughs> knowing who was the least expensive is virtually impossible. And the fact that he knew he was the most expensive is highly a brilliant answer. So six out of seven. Um, so uh, that was your question. My question, question eight, is for which county have you taken most first-class wickets, North Hants or Sussex? North Hants. <laughs> Incorrect. Sussex. North Hants, 191. Sussex, 200. Oh, wow. Wow, I didn't realise that. Okay, yeah, never mind. Six out of eight. Two Both questions to go. Six out of eight. So it's, it's, there's a chance of a decent score, isn't there? Decent there, score is. there is. You've got to get these two, though. Got to get these two. 
Question nine. Uh, who, sc who scored more test match ducks? You or Mike Atherton? Mike Atherton. He's got it! <laughs> that is correct. Do you know how many uh, you got and how many he might have got? Uh, no. How many did he get? 20. How many did I have? 19. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you can give him that next time you see him. I've got no, less gonna, ducks I, I, than you. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out I'm gonna put it out on a Twitter poll. Yeah, Who's definitely. Got more ducks, Mike Atherton or me, and then let's see yeah. what I say. Dude, right. So that's good. You've got seven out of nine. Well done. Yeah. Even though you just guessed at that. Um, <laughs> right. So this is the last question. Right. Question ten. What were viewers of Celebrity MasterChef aggrieved about in your mystery box recipe? How I made the omelette. Can you be a bit more specific? Um, when I made the omelette without oil. Something happened to it. It burnt and I just left the mushrooms in there. He's got it! Oh, oh, Very, yeah. Very good. Very <laughs> good. Actually, the, the correct answer really was mixing chicken thighs with an omelette. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was asked. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, your your explanation was pretty good. So well done. He's got that it. is eight out of ten. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. I, I, I won't be making you an omelette, Simon, so don't worry. Um, thank God for that. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind a, you know, chicken biryani, though. Jesus, if you'd make me that, yeah. I'd, I'd be round straight away. Right. Are yeah. you, uh, what, what is your speciality, actually? Uh, just vegetarian food. I'm very good at making vegetarian food, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's sort of that's my speciality. Yeah. And I suppose you're looking forward to a bit of vegetarian food on your way to India. So where are you playing these T20 games? Yeah, we're going to play them in Nagpur, so in Ranipur, which is uh, in Andhra Pradesh, like central sort of you know India, and it's it's, like, it's going to be like 37 degrees when we get there. So wow. it's going to be absolutely boiling. Uh, we'll be on, we're on a golf course. So I'm going to make sure I pack my shorts. I'm not a great golfer, but hopefully I'll uh, you know learn to play golf. And, and um, is it uh, quarantine first or something or straight into it? I think it's a bit of quarantine first. You know, I got my COVID testing done yesterday, came, came back today as negative. So it will be valid for, for 72 hours, but it'll be 48 hours once we get onto the plane. So once I get to Delhi, it should be, uh, we should be fine. Okay. And right, well, final question is, can England get back either in this test match or in this series? I think it's going to be, if, if they can bowl them out, the key wicket was obviously Virat Kohli. And, you know, Ajinke Rahane, he always plays off the back foot against spin. He doesn't want to come out front foot. I think, you know, he's, he can get him out quite early. Rohit Sharma, he's going to be a key wicket. Got to, got to get him early tomorrow. And if England can bowl him out for under 200, I think they're back in the game. A lead of 100, 150, I think they're back in the game. But anything beyond that, I think, I think, I think we're going to struggle. And what's your hunch? I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling that England are going to bowl them out for 200 tomorrow. That's going to be a very course. dramatic first session then, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, because it's Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Anderson's over where he just got it to reverse and he suddenly, if they can find that, I reckon they'll, they'll get, get a few of them out very quickly. Well, listen, we must let you go and get packed. Yeah. And is this T20 on telly anywhere, do you think? 
I think it could be. I'll let you know if it is. It'll be on the Monty, Monty channel, won't it? <laughs> well, the Monty channel will definitely get her. <laughs> oh, well, so look out, everybody, for the Monty yeah. channel and Monty's yes. four overs of absolutely spite and guile in the <laughs> yes. T20 tournament that he's going to play next. Starting next week, I guess, is it? Yeah, 2nd of May, I think. Yeah, yeah. In a week 2nd of time, March, yeah. you mean? Oh, that's a long, March, that's a long yes, way, so. otherwise. Um, yeah. Right, brilliant. Well, listen, Monty, thank you so much. And you know this is in aid of the Professional Cricketers Trust. And I know yeah. you're supportive of that charity. So all the money we're raising is going to that. So thank you very much for your time. You. And good luck with your tour. And thank everybody, wave Bob, Monty goodbye. And check him out on the Monty channel next week. Yes. Thank you, guys. Monty, good night. And... God bless and good yeah. luck. Cheers, guys. Thank you all. Good night. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that session from Monty Panasar and uh, the fact that uh, he's not going to be cooking us any omelettes, thank goodness. So, as I say, this week's guest is Marcus Truscothic, Thursday night, 7pm, worldsbestcricketclub.com. Please join us and we'll be speaking to you, of course, after each day of the fourth test, also starting on Thursday. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply